Oh, wow. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Welcome back to the big program. Uh, time to go in the community for United Sports and Cycle, where you can save up to 35% off United Sport and Cycle, your home of hockey for over 95 years. And I'm going there this afternoon to replace my Sherwood PMP 7000. Uh, so looking forward to that as we uh, welcome in Brad McNamara from Athletes Nation and uh, former uh, strength and athletic coach of uh, David Schlemko. Dave Schlemko? How are you doing, fellas? Yeah, well, great. Uh, I was going to let Dave start things off here, uh, Brad, because I'm not sure uh, when the last time you guys two, like, you kind of uh, did some training together. But, uh, Schlemmer, you know, the floor is yours, man. This is your old guy. This is my guy, Brad. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. How's things out in the Maritimes? Uh, they're pretty good. I'm actually in uh, PEI right now as we speak. So I got to take the ferry this morning. I'm going to take the, the bridge back here in a little bit. So getting to see uh, the East Coast a little bit more too. So Right on, right on. Um, so just a little bit of a background. Brad's a co-owner of Athletes Nation in St. Albert's. Uh, he trained myself as well as a, a handful of other NHLers. Like who? Uh, I think he started out with like Fernando Pisani and Ginla, some of those older guys, right, Brad? And then um, yeah. moved on yeah, to our Jeff, group. Jeff, Jeff Sanderson, we had Broadjack, we had Theo, Theo Peckham for a little while in there. And then, uh, yeah, then we had like, you know, with Schlemko for a long time. We had a great group for a really long time. We had, you know, Chip Chura, Schlemko, Jordan Martinick, uh, Tyler and Jared Spurgeon, Tyler mm-hmm. Ennis, Kale Molarat. And Nick Johnson was kind of was our was our big group there for a while. So, Brad McNamara from Athletes Nations, our guest, Kerry Schlemko, Sports fourteen forty. So, the name that uh, that you touched on, Brad, that kind of piqued my interest is uh, Jeff Sanderson, because he was one yeah. of the fastest skaters uh, when he played in the NHL. Of course, his son Jake now in Ottawa. But what was it like working with a guy like Jeff, where he had all that natural ability to skate? How did you, I guess, make him better? Well, well, you know what? I, I only got to work with Jeff for one season. I think I put him right into retirement there. So I think that, was, that, that was his uh, last year with us. We had a group of like Fernando and those guys. So I, I just moved to Edmonton in 2007 when I finished university. So luckily, like I, I was only 22 at the time and, and working with guys that were much older than me. So I happened to uh, just kind of walk on the scene then. And when I was training Jeff, I was still really just learning. I was most mostly like the water boy then. So um Kind of separate. Jeff was a great guy, though. I got along great with him. I really liked him. He was living in Montana then, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. He had a place down there. So, um, no, Jeff was a great guy. I had a lot of fun with him. Same with that whole group there. So, uh, Schlemmer, when you were working with Brad, can you kind of discuss the difference in training, kind of how when you started or even were doing things on your own and what it took to kind of when you got with Brad and what he took you to another level? What did he do? It definitely elevated my conditioning for sure. Um, I'd been living in Medicine Hat where I'd played junior in the summer for like the previous few years. And, you know, I had a trainer there, but it wasn't near what I ended up doing once I moved home and ended up uh, with the NHL group with Brad. Faster, stronger, you know, just all around better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I guess, Brad, what are your, what's your philosophy to make a player better uh, on the ice yeah. when you work with them off the ice? 
Well, so I was kind of mentored by um, by a name, or my business partner, actually, Dan Lajoie, who was actually mentored by Charlie Francis, who was Ben Johnson's sprint coach. So we were probably one of the very first facilities um, to really emphasize, like, the speed work and the sprint work, mm-hmm. while everyone else was still kind of doing the, the, you know, the exercise bikes. And that was our philosophy is just right then when I came into the scene, like, the, the game was changing. It went from that, I, I forget, was it the 04 lockout or whatever? And yep. then all of a sudden uh, the speed of the game changed. So that was our MO was, was just kind of getting guys, you know, the fastest possible and then, you know, the most powerful. So Jerome kind of set the, set the pace for that, and that obviously attracted a lot of people to us. And then we just, you know, we have guys that we started in, in U11, one that he just made the Buffalo Sabres for now, Matt Savoy. So he's guys like that are still at our gym, and you look at how they play and the, the pace that they play, and, uh, you know, speed is obviously the, the factor in, in, in them guys getting to that level too. What would you say, Brad, I guess, uh, as we're guesting with Brad McNamara from Athletes Nation, the um, – um, as you mentioned, speed, and maybe it's gotten quicker, but is there your philosophy maybe on fast twitch muscles uh, compared to where they were before for a hockey player? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just the training has evolved so much. Like you said, uh, you know, you, you hear you know, Wayne Gretzky on the TNT broadcast and stuff like that, and, and where they used to be with training. I mean, you know, their training was drinking beer on the beach in the summertime, right? So <laughs> I, I, I think over time, and I'm sure, you know, Dave can attest to that, like, he was in the gym with us and he would, he would see what these young guys were doing. They were blown away by, by what the young guys were doing in the gym. Right. So I think it's just, um, you know, the, the, the way that it's, the way that it's transferred over time has just kind of been, you know, a slow gradual process over time. Yeah. That's going to lead me into my next question, Brad. Um, obviously we were like our pro group, we were super impressed with what, was that junior group? I mean, there a bunch of them are pros now. We're we're all getting kind of old here, but um, yeah. How has it changed? Like going back to Matt Savoy, you said you had him at U eleven. Like I don't think I ever picked up a dumbbell until I was drafted to the WHL. So can you just speak to how that kind of culture has changed and how early kids are in the gym and training now? And is that a good thing yeah. or is that going to hurt them? Or like, obviously you maybe adjust what you're doing with these young kids. Well, I think, I think the difference is when we grew up, I mean, I know where I'm from, we didn't have ice in, in the summertime. So there was no spring hockey and there was no summer hockey. You might get at the odd hockey camp, but you know, these kids are playing all year long, whether it's baseball or soccer or whatever. Right. So I think that's kind of where, you know, the profession of strength conditioning became a little bit more important is because, you know, they don't get everything they need from hockey or playing hockey all the time. So that's kind of where the athletic development comes in. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's definitely changed. I mean, look at the game now and the speed and the skill of these guys. I mean, these guys are doing stuff in Kiwi that, you know, I still can't do or even at U11 stage, right? So, um, you know, I, th- I think that's, you know, just the amount of time that they're on the ice. But with that, I mean, you also have, you know, the overuse of muscles and the overuse of, you know, just being on the ice every single day and skill work and, you know, skating coaches and edge work coaches and you know, the, all that stuff just didn't really exist growing up. So yeah. um, I think that's kind of the, the big thing is, you know, people are worried that if they play other sports that they're going to be left behind. And, you know, I'm a big advocate for, for hockey guys playing running sports up to a certain age and stuff. But also at the same time, like, you know, you see some of these guys, like, do you think Connor Bedard played other sports in the summertime? Like, probably not. You know, he was probably pretty dialed in on the hockey. So, um, I think just overall athleticism is the most important thing, whether you get it from playing other sports or whether you get it from training. 
Um, you know, I, I obviously like seeing guys. I usually start really seeing guys in the gym around U13. It's kind of the, the real time, right? So, And then it just kind of progresses from there. Start off, you know, once one to two times a week, and then just kind of get right up there, right? So, uh, Brad McNamara, Athletes Nations, uh, with uh, Kerry Schlemko on Sports 1440. So, um, you, you did mention Bedard, and maybe he hasn't played anything in the offseason besides hockey, but um, how do you like? I mean, everyone's like Wayne Gretzky says, you got to play other sports, you have to branch out. How do you balance that with what you want to just accomplish? Uh, training and conditioning a hockey player, but to make sure that he's got the balance of other sports helping him to mature and move forward. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I think Wayne Gretzky played in a completely different time too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's he's definitely the goat and the best of you know of all time, really. But I mean, this new crop, like you know, the the strength of these young guys and the power of these young guys. I mean, that's one of the reasons why guys that I mean, Jared, I think he's what five. Five seven, maybe 160 pounds playing in the NHL. Spurgy. Yeah, yeah Spurgy, right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, that that's kind of paved the way for a lot of these other guys to kind of get there. And it's not like a guy like Spurgeon is weak or anything like that. He's, you know, he's powerful. He can skate like the wind. He can stay out there all day. So, I think that's where the, you know, the strength and mission kind of side has, has taken in. But, you know, you get Spurgy on, you know, we, we our group in the summertime, we would have a, a, every Thursday, we'd either play like a big whistle ball game or we'd have, you know, a big four-on-four soccer game. And, you know, they get pretty intense. So, I mean, Schlemmer was probably one of the one of the best athletes in there. And you can see him throw a wiffle ball. We had to, we had to take him out of that game a couple of times because he was going to throw his arm out. He was throwing it so hard. So, we always like to mix it up. And I think a lot of groups do like to do that, whether it's, you know, get the guys out for some tennis or some, you know, some golf. A lot of guys like to golf or, you yeah. know, just mess it around, right? So... You, you know, Brad, I was telling uh, when we were talking earlier about when you were working with Schlemmer, and I said that uh, he had a body of uh, an Adonis. And uh, yeah. I'm not sure. And then I said, well, maybe it was Nick Adonidas. And yeah. No one has got that joke all morning. No one knows who that is. Oh, Everyone knows oh, who right. Nick Adonidas is. <laughs> I, I actually don't, unfortunately. I don't know who it is either. So. Well, we're going to get some text right now. And I, wait till you see it, Schlemmer. You're going to really enjoy who it is. All right. Um, uh, just one other quick question for you, Brad. Um, yeah. Where do you stand on uh, as far as, you know, off-season, rest and recovery? After a, a player has had a grueling season, how much time do you want them to have off? And when do you ramp things up again? I mean, that, that really depends on when the guy's season finished too, right? Like, I mean, some guys are done as early as March and some guys are done at the end of June. So I think you kind of have to put in perspective of, you know, when guys are, uh, when guys are getting back on the horse. But, I mean, I usually like to have my guys take at least three weeks off of, of doing anything. You know, obviously that's going to change if they're playing in the Memorial Cup or they're doing whatever the case may be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, guys like, to, guys like to stay on it. Even as the guys get older, the pro guys or the younger guys, like, they would like to just stay on the ice once a week when their season was done just to kind of keep up with uh, their touches and stuff. Not not bag skates or anything like that, but, I mean, I, I guess it really depends on the athletes, too. Some guys love it. Some guys want to take the boots off and not put them on for a while, too, right? So, uh, Schlemmer, you got one last little for your buddy here, your old trainer? Yeah, so you left Edmonton at the... Uh or St. Albert, the Athletes Nation. So you went to work for your brother. I can't remember doing what, working in a shop or something. But you just couldn't leave it alone, hey? You're training kids out in Nova Scotia now, and who are you working with, a former NHLer? 
Yeah, so actually it, it's worked out really well for me here. So what the reason why I moved home is my gym got shut down for a year during COVID. Okay. And uh, I actually had, you know, I have three young kids, so I didn't want to live on CERB. My brother happened to have a big industrial company, probably be like a similar to uh, Greg's distributors for like sales and stuff. So okay. he just offered me a job to kind of, you know, get me through the meantime. And I, I kind of moved home. And yeah, John Sim is actually um, a, a nice local guy here. So he uh, he kind of, we kind of met up as soon as I got home. He's, he's been doing amazing stuff with the guys on ice. And it was just like a perfect match. And uh, they actually let me build my own facility in the arena here in Pictou County. And uh, yeah, we've, I think in the last couple of years, we've gotten 16 guys drafted to the queue. We have, um, you know, an, our first NHL drafted player, which is the son. I have guys on London Knights, Sarnia. We had four guys in the Halifax Mooseheads this year, you know, Charlottetown Islanders. So um, our U18 went to nationals last year as well for the first time ever. So, you know, things are really, uh, really picking up. And it's, it's great because it's, it's my hometown. I mean, Edmonton is a former NHL guy or an NHL guy in every neighborhood out there. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a sweeter, sweetener to kind of do it back in your hometown. Hey, uh, awesome. Brad, thanks for this. Really appreciate your time and all the texts coming in. I finally figured out who Nick Adonidas is. So appreciate <laughs> it. I'm sure you're going to go look and find out who it is. We're going to save it for a little bit later because we've got another guest coming up. But uh, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Take Brad. Care, guys. Take care, buddy. Yeah. All right, that's uh, Brad McNamara for Athletes Nation uh, in the community for United Sports and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. Uh, United Sports and Cycle have been supporting hockey in our community for over 95 years. When we come back, he has just entered the studio. Country singing superstar Aaron Goodwin will join us right after the break on the Carries and Schlumpko's show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Oh, man, is that a great song. That is a Lonely Drum um, by our next guest in the uh, Sports 1440 studios. Uh, Aaron Goodwin joins us. Uh, uh, Kevin Carries, David Schlemko. Aaron, welcome to the studio. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. This, uh, is, this I mean, is a fun, fun stop for me. So that song, uh, Lonely Drum, yeah, uh, six, seven years ago. Or mm, it's yeah, 2017 it's or something, right? So old. Yeah, so old. It but feels, I mean, But still so new all at the same time. It's uh, timeless. One could say it's timeless. I mean, it's certainly, um, it's certainly timeless in my world. It never mm-hmm. goes away. Uh, like I remember listening to that summer. It was like I'm, I just can't wait for this to come on again. It was like great. Yeah, it's you know? it's been it's been a gift for us. I mean, that song is. We, when we put that song out, it was a little left to center. It was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We had already had a top ten hit, and we were like, "Well, we're gonna just throw caution into the wind and throw this uh, little bit of a." Of a you know, like I say, left to center kind yeah. of crazy song out. Well, and it just took off. It, it did. I mean, it's it's, it's such still a- taking off. It's it's really crazy. I I can see every. Um, I own the master around the world, ex- excluding Canada. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that I you know if that song makes any money outside of Canada. <laughs> I see what it makes. Good, right? and it sells twenty copies a week. Like still like hard copy singles. Mm-hmm. To this day, it's been six or seven years. Amazing. That's everywhere else around the world. It's crazy. It's been such a gift. We're going to get to your world travels coming up, but uh, Aaron Goodwin is our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Uh, The reason you're in town, well, you're playing Cook County tonight. We'll get to that in a second, but 
massive Nashville Predators fan. Oh, big Preds fan. Yeah. Well, actually, I, it's really funny because when I first moved, I moved about 12 years ago, yeah. and hockey was still like catching on at that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they hadn't had that big playoff run where everybody kind of jumped on the bandwagon. Yeah. So, like, what would happen is I'd get all these, like, I wrote with all these guys from Georgia and they're like, what's hockey, you know? (laughs) And like, you know, they're from Atlanta and they had a team and they didn't even know what it was. And so they would be like, do you mind like coming to the, like you're Canadian, you know, do you mind coming to the game and explaining this to us? So I would like, I eventually, like, I got invited to five or six games just because I knew what offside was, mm-hmm. you know? And so and so I was like, and then I would explain it to them. They're like, oh, I get it. Oh, okay. So it was like, and then, and then in that process, I just became a huge fan of that whole organization. Mm-hmm. I just, um, it was, it's so different, like, for, for, you know, Nashville being an entertainment city, you know, they, I mean, they had, they've got cheerleaders and they've got like all this crazy stuff. They got a band playing in between and they really make it kind of this, uh, this experience mm-hmm. that you go, whereas, you know, you go to an Oiler game and it's like, if, if anybody's doing anything else and watching the game, oh, you're yeah. like, could you stop? We're oh, trying yeah. to watch the game. You There's 20,000 coaches and GMs in the stands there. hundred percent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you got to um, know a few of the players uh, when you first got to Nashville a, a dozen yeah, years so, ago? Yes, a few of them, yeah. I, I did a few things there. Um, back, that was back in my uh, you know, my heavy drinking days trying to make it in a okay. town with 20,000 people who wanted to be singers. <laughs> so it was like you, know, you, you were just trying to find yourself. So we used to hang out at a place called the Tin Roof which is where a lot of them would come and hang out. So um, it was like, that was the early, I'm sure you've probably been there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it had been like, uh, like the Jordan Tutu and Marty Rat and Pecorino would be out there. Um, Like kind of the, that was the era that, um, and then I don't know where they hang out now. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's changed for sure. I mean, and I mean, we, we, it's funny. So many Edmonton fans go to Nashville for the games. now. Right. Uh, We saw so many last night. I mean, yeah. you see the Oilers jerseys, and it's a it's a destination town, as you know, for totally. Edmontonians that want to go. And now they'll spend a few days down there and see. It the is sites. from the time I moved there to the time it is now. It is night and day. Mm-hmm. Like that place is the new Las Vegas. I swear to God, I yeah. agree. It Nashville. is unbelievable. <laughs> like I'll drive. I mean, I live a little outside of the city in a town called Fairview, and I'm about forty minutes out. But I'll come in and write songs, um, and there'll be a new building up that I didn't see the day before. Like mm-hmm. it is. Unbelievable how much that town is growing. So. Seems like the bachelorette party capital <laughs> oh of America as well. It huh? totally is. Yeah. Um, just go to the airport at Sunday and just people watch. It is so much fun to oh. see all those girls. They're all hungover. They're like, they're like, why did we come here? Why did we do this? And Nashville is like a party town. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what it's it is. it's all about. So. Uh, Aaron Goodvin's our guest uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on a Wednesday morning on Sports uh, 1440. Um, have you ever heard the tune by Cor? We had Cor Blund on yesterday. Yeah. Did you cool. hear, hear his song, uh, uh, Oil's Rockin'? Town? No. Okay. Oil's back in town. Sorry. Oil's back in town. No. Uh, we're going to, you know what? We've got that. We're going to get the Duke to just queue it up. But So Corb was on yesterday because awesome. he's he's just uh, done a, I don't know how long or how long you've known Corb or whatever, but he wrote the song quite a while ago and, and uh, Rod Phillips, who used to be our uh, yes, sir. Yeah, case yeah, yeah. and I, you know, okay. Rod. So yeah. anyway, this was a tune that Corb, and have you got it, Duke? All right, this uh, just uh, it's going to be weird to kind of see your expression when you hear this song oh, I'd love to hear about it. the oils back in town. Here's uh Corblon from yesterday. 
him rocking and making quite a din. Singing, here we go, Oilers, here we go again. There ain't no lighter building than the house of 99. Got the echoes of the dynasty burning in their minds. You better cheer them on, they're the roughest next around. Cause it's hockey night in Edmonton, the oil's back in town, yeah. Rusty moves in, shoot! So you you heard you heard that back? Is this the first time you kind of heard that? That's the first time I've heard. It's that. a it's a cool. It's a catchy. It's so great. I mean, it's yeah. the it's the roughest neck around, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a parody of that, right? Yeah. Um, Corb's Corb is like the anomaly of the world. I, I love going I'll, everywhere I go. People be like, "Oh, you're from Canada? Yeah. You know Corb Lund?" And I'll be, like, <laughs> "Yeah, of course I know Corb." Um, uh, my my favorite Corb story happened recently. I've been um, lucky enough to be the uh, male artist of the year at the Alberta mm-hmm. Country Music Awards the last three years. But the last the last this last year, Corb and I tied, but he couldn't make it. So it was like I won it three years in a row, and <laughs> nice. he didn't show up. And I was like, and that was basically my whole speech was just like, I'm so glad Corb didn't come because mm-hmm. now I get to own this by myself. But why not? But yeah, no, what a that guy's incredible. Yeah. I love that. Why? Why is it? Do you think as we're guesting with uh, Aaron Goodwin, um, country singing superstar? Um, and, and I asked Corb the same thing yesterday, and we had uh, Brett Kissel on, and yeah. you know, asked him the same question. Why do you think athletes? hockey players, whatever, athletes want to be entertainers and sometimes entertainers want to be athletes. I don't know. I mean, I started my whole life. It was either hockey or music for mm-hmm. me. That was the, that was, and then, you know, <clears throat> and I was really tall when I was 13, you know, but then I just stopped, you know, stopped growing. <laughs> I just stopped like five foot six and I was done. So <clears throat> I was like, well, I guess I'll choose a profession as to where I can stand above everybody mm-hmm. else. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what it is. I, there's, I think there's a competitive nature to kind of both industries, but mm-hmm. like to this day, I'll relate like a lot of my stuff back to like hockey and like the kind of like the coaches that taught me, you know, the game of hockey, you yeah. know, I was like, I better be, you know, if I'm out on the stage, I better be the one singing the songs and delivering it. Yeah. And then I got to have all these people around me making all these moves and doing all this stuff. There's a lot of similarities to it. Where'd you play hockey yeah. and who are some of those, like you mentioned coaches, did they help yeah. kind of shape and mold who you are? Yeah, the uh, um, Bob Landry is one that comes to mind and up in Fairview, uh, Tennessee and Rob Dawson. Um, those guys were hugely instrumental in just in my life. They mm-hmm. were just great hockey guys and hockey dads. And um, uh, what was the question again? Just uh, kind of like, where did you play hockey growing up? And yeah. Did, so mo- like so, the guys that kind of helped and shape it. Like yeah. you're a young kid and you know, Hey, I remember when this guy told me when I was oh, 10 years yeah. old. Or and I, had, I mean, we had, I had Tom Leffley up in Spirit River. So I, yeah. I was born in Spirit River, North of Grand Prairie. Yeah. And then I played hockey there um, for years. And then the one year our team had 13 players in Spirit River, so we had to fold that team. And there was two players on that team that got um, that got called to go play in Fairview, and we ended up moving to Fairview. So I've moved from Fairview, Alberta, to Fairview, Tennessee. I do realize that. <laughs> I was getting a little confused. Yeah, I get a little confused. I know. Uh, so, um, so I moved. I moved from there to play hockey, and and those that those were like the probably my best hockey years. I only I only played up until uh midgets, I believe, mm-hmm. was as far as I I got. And then I was sort of like got to the point where I was like I got to choose what I'm going to do here and and, uh, and, yeah, and I chose music and, and writing. Singing and writing. Yeah. There you go. Climber. So explain how the process moves you Moving to Nashville, do you come straight out of Spirit River? I'm guessing probably not. No, I went. <laughs> a little bit I of a journey went, there. Yeah, no, I went from Spirit River, and then 
um, we needed to get kind of closer to the um, to the Edmonton area. There's a, a group that I went and played for last night called Global Country here in town that um, really kind of uh, supports young artists, and they have cool. a contest every year. So I would enter that and enter that and. Um, I was in it for seven years. I never won it. I got second place, and they just gave me everything that the winner got that year too, because they were just tired of me entering. I think <laughs> I, I was. I'm like I've kind of been like the persistent dude who just shows up time mm-hmm. after time, and that's like Love in my that. career. I can I can spell out. That's probably why I've made it as far because my dad, who's sitting right here, he used to tell me all the time. He used to say, "You know, I'm the best carpenter." And I said, "Well, I don't know that you are the best carpenter, Dad, but why?" He goes, "I just outlasted everybody else." Right. <laughs> so that was kind of like my. That's always been my like mo. And um, so when I moved to Nashville, what what got me to move to Nashville is I, I I had made it about as far as I could make it in Canada without getting a record deal. Or I was playing all the rodeos in Alberta, and we were making we were the highest paid band we had the production we had all that stuff and then um and and i was like i just need more and i met a guy who who uh saw me play an open mic night at a place called i don't even know if it's still there dusty's in edmonton it was a networking i don't even know if it's there um and it was all the locals it was one of those kind of pin drop moments where i got up and played my own songs with my bass player and um I just played three or four songs and mm-hmm. the whole place went quiet. Wow. It was like one of those really weird kind of things. And there was a guy there from Nashville and he's like, Hey, you should start making trips. And so I was so excited. I, cr- I crashed my mom's geo into the back of a, of a Ford Explorer and I had to pay for that on the way home. <laughs> I was so excited. Um, and I had to pay mom back for that. And then, um, I started going to Nashville and then when I moved there, um, I I basically moved there because I was trying to get away from a woman, a woman. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. that was how I did it. I was like was about go. 27 and yeah. it wasn't working out. And I was like, I got to get away from her. Um, and then the rest is history. Text coming into sports 1440 uh, at uh, 1833401440. Could be dusters. Could be dusters. Dusters so, might be right. Dusters. Yeah. Could be. Uh, uh, com- yeah. There. Comes from <laughs> Cat. Yeah. There we go. Dusters. <laughs> Dude, that helped a yeah. lot. Aaron Goodwin's our guest. Carrie Schlemko, sports 1440. Uh, before we get to kind of your tour and where you're playing tonight and. Um, where you're going to be playing, kind of, it's a, it's a massive tour. Um, you also like fantasy football. I do. I'm hor. This is my first year. Okay, but I'm so excited to be a part of it. I don't really know a lot about anything when it really <laughs> comes to about fantasy football, but like I don't even like I, I'm up against. There's a couple guys in our league that are they know every player, mm-hmm. they know where they're from, they know all their stat. I don't know anything. <laughs> you know, um, I'm just like literally. I'm at the point where I'm like. I'm just going to make sure I have a full lineup this week. <laughs> Nobody has a buy. Well, you know? You've come to the right place because at 11 o'clock, the Duke right here hosts a fantasy frenzy show with... Former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Halley. And Ooh. the two of them will go on from 11 till 12. And oh, I need to they'll help in. you out, man. I they'll need help to tune you out. in. I do. I will. I'll be tuning in. Absolutely. So uh, you're at Cook County tonight. Uh, I've never been there this week. Uh, <laughs> we used to run there pretty good last back in the day, but the guys getting a little older, as you can see. Man, it's uh, same as Schlemmer, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a <laughs> speak for yourself, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. How many t- times have you played there? You remember? Oh, I've lost count. Yeah. Um, uh, the first time I played there it was uh, I did a Battle of the Bands 
um i was 18 mm-hmm. um and and then we kind of got scooped up by this place called the Palomino Saloon that was out in Sherwood Park. We played there a bunch. And then once that was uh, once that place closed down, um, I went back and played Cook quite a few times. But since my career started, I probably played there eight times or six six or seven times. Uh, Barry's a dear friend, and um, mm-hmm. we try and do uh, – um, that place is like a, a staple here in Canada. Yeah. To me, I mean, like it's one of the – I'm just last night we were talking about people that have played that that i mean george Strait played there i mean mm-hmm. clay walker played there early on in his career and still comes back through and like just artists that i grew up listening to and, and admiring so it's always so great when i get to play cook so yeah it's going to be fun so this is kind of part of a, a stop on the tour which is taking you all over the world what like it's all over the all over the place yeah it's uh we um we play uh edmonton cook tonight and then um tomorrow night we're in saskatoon the long branch Friday night we're at Bows and Red Deer. Uh, we're supporting a um, uh, KG Country's 50th anniversary. I call it KG Country. It's it's uh, real country, okay. 95.5 now, but it used to be KG. Um, and they were the first station to ever play my music. I put out a single when I was um, 18. They were first like reporting station, um, and uh, so th- it's a really really cool thing for me to be able to play their 50th anniversary. Yeah. So. Um, that song was called Dream and Write a Book, and we don't need to talk about it. Um, and uh, and then we go on to Calgary, play Ranchman's, uh, and then we fly out of Calgary the next morning to um, Zurich, Switzerland, to play, to play. I've got a couple shows out there. I'm playing a casino in Switzerland. So how'd Wish that come luck. about? Switzerland. Like, and I, mean, I played a show out in uh, a headline a festival called Buckle and Boots in Manchester, United Kingdom, in, in late May, June, uh, early June this year. And... The country music community uh, overseas is a lot different than here. Like here, it's just bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you go there, I played the show, and there was like, um, and over the weekend, like I, I, that whole week, I was doing a bunch of like rider round type shows, uh, like across the UK. Well, when I got to Buckle and Boots, I met everybody that puts on all those shows. Mm-hmm. So it's like the it's it's just a small community, right? So so in that small community, there's a lady there um, named Sarah from Switzerland, and she was like, "Hey, I'm trying to put together some shows. Like, would you want to come?" And I was like, uh, "I would love to." I was like, "Well, I'm actually gonna." I, I had this um, after Switzerland, we play a show in Spain in Barcelona, which was kind of brought on um, by my Canadian agent here. That uh, Lonely Drum is obviously this really big line dance song and line dancing is huge over there so they booked us for this show quite a while ago so i knew that i was going to spain so when i when when sarah was like do you want to come play switzerland i was like well i'm going to be in spain on october 27th and she was like i can work with that so (laughs) she got back to me a few months later and was like hey i've got you i've got you this like acoustic show to kind of little intimate show to do and then i got you a casino gig at uh, i don't even know what it's called club coco at (laughs) some baden's baden's I don't know how to pronounce bad in Switzerland. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's going to be really great. So, And, and this is all because, uh, like, country dance is sort of your – it's not a launch, but is it you're kind of the videos kind of changing? How's that working? Yeah, so we – we uh, it's all kind of a part of the release of country dance, um, being that we, we sort of teamed up with the line dance community since – like, when we wrote Lonely Drum, we weren't like, let's write a line dance song. You know, like, that wasn't the focus <laughs> at all. And so then we were like, well – 
then then we put it out and we found like all over the world there was just a really popular line dance um my favorite is lonely drum taiwan if you get <laughs> if you get a wild hair and you want to check that out later okay um, it's a lot of fun um and they're they, like it's all the same dance it was written by a guy in australia uh, named darren mitchell and so he created this line dance so then when we put when country dance i literally wrote about not being able to line dance to lonely drum that's the reason I, why i wrote the song and then i was like what if we teamed up with the line dance community and put this song out so we had a, a choreographer come in write a line dance and you know so now we're just out promoting the record so yeah. wow um favorite country movie favorite what about even a recording artist when you were growing up you mentioned george Strait to me yeah i mean yeah uh, I mean, one of the greatest. Yeah. Uh, uh, man, I've, I, I was I was kind of a product of the '90s. I was a big um, like, I, in all honesty, my favorite artist when I was really young was Tracy Bird. Do you okay, yeah, for Bird? sure. Yeah. yeah. So, Watermelon Crawl yeah. and Keeper of the Stars, and mm-hmm. I just love that guy. And uh, um, so, yeah, that was like, yeah. See, the Duke and I, we get into the country time. I'm I'm big Keith Whitley. Oh, I mean, you know, come on, wow, this guys. Died way too soon. Yes, he did. Gone way too soon. Yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. So tonight, Cook County, yes. uh, people are, I would imagine, going to have a little bit of fun tonight. Duke, you're, you're going to head down there, Duke, or what? I, uh, I might be calling in <laughs> sick to my beer league hockey game tonight and uh, <laughs> moseying on down to White Avenue. Uh, I uh, Back in the day, a regular at Cook County Saloon yeah. any night of the week. Hey, well, so. how about this? You worked a double for Connor. Uh, last week, call in my chit and get Connor to come in tomorrow morning wow. for me. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Uh, there you go. Hey, fair is fair. That man. Seems fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything uh, we're missing? Anything you want to add? I mean, just no. what about performing in Edmonton, as you said, Cook County, and all the guys that have played there over the years and things. Yeah, it's it's just such an iconic, you know, Canadian venue, and mm-hmm. I'm 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 so grateful that you know, like I've. I've been able to have this career and I can go back and play that stage. It's pretty cool to be able to go like, I could play cook whenever I want to play yeah. cook. And that's, yeah. that's a pretty amazing thing for you just to even get to that point of your career. So, so happy to be there and love, love everybody down there. And mm-hmm. it's been, we can't wait to hit the stage. Schlemmer's got one more for you. Yeah. So just a little curious going, taking you back to Nashville. So you first moved there. I know it's a, it's a special place. I've been out on Broadway a lot. There's some amazing artists playing live music anywhere down that strip. Is, is that kind of how you got your record deal or did you kind of have something lined up before you got down there? I, I didn't have anything. I was the furthest thing from having anything put together. Um, but I, the my first biggest break was I got, I was writing songs with a couple guys uh, that I like to write songs with. Um, I just liked writing with them, so we wrote a bunch of songs. Uh, uh, one of those guys was Cole Swindell. Oh, At cool. that time, Cole was a nobody just like us, but he had a publishing deal, and me and my buddy Adam didn't, Adam Sanders, and so we would try and write with him because we knew that his songs might get somewhere. Okay. And so we played as we wrote as much as we could with him. And he, um, uh, so we wrote the first song we wrote was a song called Dozen Roses in a Six Pack, which ended up on Cole's first record. And then, uh, but the first up tempo pot, we wrote a lot of heartbreak songs, but the first up tempo positive thing we wrote was a song called Out Like That that Luke Bryan ended up cutting. Mm-hmm. And so when Luke Bryan cut that song, I was, a, I was able to sign my own publishing deal. Nice. And then, I was for a couple of years. I had a bunch of songs on. Um, I had a song on John Party. I had a song on Scotty McCreary, and so I was writing a song, and I, I became ingrained in that world, and I started getting cuts. And then, so when that started happening, um, my big the. 
big break that I got after that was um, I basically just run into Johnny Reed again. And Johnny Reed's, mm -hmm. a, I mean, obviously a big artist here in Canada. And he had heard three songs, Woman in Love, uh, Miss Me Yet, and Lonely Drum. And he was, when he heard Lonely Drum, and he's like, what is this? Like, this is the biggest hit I've ever heard. And then so he said, let me bring you some opportunities. Very cool. And so he flew out to Toronto. He met with all the labels. Uh, he came back the next week. Uh, that next Friday, we, we went out and I met all the people at Warner Music Canada and literally met all the people that day and signed my record deal all in one day. <laughs> I was home in my own bed that night back in Nashville. So, And then the rest, awesome. is, the rest is history. So. Very wow. cool. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Goodman. Uh, well, I just a couple quick ones here now. Yeah. Um, uh, you you brought up Johnny Reed, mm -hmm. Mike Reed yeah. used to play for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, Walk on Faith, one of the great yes. songs. That's oh, a cool man. song. Uh, as soon as it you is said, amazing that there's, there's like, that crossover. There's a total crossover. Yeah, um, I'm going to start playing in the NHL. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my next goal. Why not? And then you, uh, <laughs> you know, Schlemmer and I have both been down on Broadway many times. So yeah, I, uh -huh. I always said like when you walk into Tootsie's, yeah. uh, if there's a left-handed uh, guitar player on that stage when you walk in the door, that's how it used to be. You might get your head taken off walking 100%, through that door. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then at stage, like stage mm -hmm. was a, is a real cool intimate I like, yeah. setting. I like the stage. Yeah. Is that your favorite? Oh yeah, yeah I like the stage. Yeah. Tootsie's a little tight. It's tight in there. <laughs> yeah. Bathroom. Well, it has three floors now. Yeah. yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Up, up it's top. It's very is cool. different. Like all yeah. those bars down there that used to be just there's a little hole mm -hmm. in the wall. Like they all have three floors. They've got rooftops. They've yeah. got. It's so different. Oh yeah. It's, it's been crazy. It's been at least five years since I've been out there. Um, yeah, you probably missed the rooftop stage. Yeah. Everything's got a rooftop. Exactly. Like if, you, if you don't have a rooftop, you're not a successful bar down there. I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. About 15, maybe a little over 15 years ago, I was in Nashville, and I was at stage, and it was I was doing an Oilers game, and I was sitting, I was having a beer with, I think it was Dwayne Rollison after. This mm -hmm. guy comes on the stage, and he sings... Um, Eight six seven five three zero nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going. This guy is nailing it. Like yeah. he is nailing it. Uh -huh. And this guy gives me an arm. Well, that's Tommy Two Tone. That's the guy that sings the song. He wrote <laughs> oh the song. God. He comes in here every. See, that's that's Nash. Yes, he that's... comes in here every Monday and he sings this that guy, one song. I love this guy's nailing it. Looks well, because he's the guy who does it. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Yeah. And he sings <laughs> the one is, song. That is the yeah. that is the amazing part about Nashville is that you're kind of ingrained in all of that and yeah. where it all happens so yeah wow. it's, it's definitely the place to be if you want to be a country singer man aaron was good to have you come in oh thank you guys a so lot much. of fun i appreciate today. the chat it's been a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun and uh have a great show tonight at cook we'll Down. do we'll do yeah all right that's uh aaron goodman we're uh back to wrap things up that was a little longer than we normally go on a segment but no man wait that's cool stuff so Yes, for sure. That's good stuff. So uh, we're back to wrap things up uh, right after the break. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program to wrap things up. A little bit of a longer segment with Aaron Goodman, but that was some good stuff. Uh, he's a cool guy, eh, Schlemmer? Like that is just... Yeah, really good guy. You just uh, down to earth kind of, you know... When he when he starts talking, yeah, you know, I mean, just outside. Well, it's funny the same two town names basically from Alberta to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool story. I don't think many guys from uh, was it Spirit River, Spirit River, Spirit yeah. River making it to Nashville in the country music scene. So and, I mean cool. that that song, Lonely Drum. I I mean I don't know if you, you can once you heard it, probably you yeah. went, ah man, now I'm putting two and two together, right? Uh, my wife did play it for me this morning, and she's like, you got to know this one. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you, 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 
when you hear the song, you go, well, yeah, and then you again, you're putting two and two together. But man, good stories, good hockey stories. Yeah, uh, the fact that you know, guy. at uh, the tin roof that he's you know meeting all the Nashville Predators early on uh, in his career. Uh, very neat for sure. Uh, text coming in to one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. All right, Wally, we're going to get into it again. Um, pro athletes are entertainers, not at all mutually exclusive. Well, that's kind of not what we were getting at, Wally or Walter. <laughs> uh, the fact is that it's just a common fact that when guys are in the dress room, they right Schlemmer, you're saying, man, you know, we, we talked about like how about Jordan Martinick, Nickelback. He yeah. wants to be on the stage with Nickelback. Okay? Yeah, it's it's a little different. Yes, right? It's not the comparison that we're making. Yeah. Chad Kroger, if he had a chance to play a game in the NHL, he would go, "Yes." Yeah, I think he'd you be know, all over that. You know, it's the same. That's <laughs> kind of the that's kind of what we were getting at. Um, the Pillman said, uh, "Oh, he's talking about." Uh, that uh, country competition, right, Duke? That's what he was talking about. At, that was at Cook County. That's the uh, first, I don't know that's, if it was at Cook, but it, it popular in Edmonton, this kind of annual competition. Mm, they yes. look for emerging talent and stuff like that that Aaron was talking about. Bill Manmont just wanted to mention my wife, Dee Ouellette, and uh, Sean competed in that uh, competition. Uh, one note coming in, uh, a couple things. Uh, NHL has posted the, um, what would you call it? The, what the... Um, Winter Classic, the uh, sorry, the uh, um, Heritage Classic looks like the. Uh, that's a neat picture. I'm just looking at it from NHL Public Relations. The Tim Hortons Heritage Classic, full design, looks pretty neat from an aerial view of Commonwealth Stadium. That game's coming up fast, isn't that it? That is. And uh, and while we're still on the topic of yeah. uh, of our slew of country music artists we've had come into the studio here, uh, Brett Kissel going to be singing the uh, anthem at the Heritage. Singing Classic. the anthem. Wow seen him put that out on the uh, the gram first thing this morning just one anthem that's all he's got to sing um the other thing that's caught our eye coming on the old uh, uh sociables so justin Pugh, offensive lineman for the new york giants has signed to the giants roster on the 53 he's got an official spot so justin Pugh, when everyone um says where they're from what college they're from a lot of people say high schools now so on sunday night football uh, you know, here are the lineups. Here's the Giants offense. So he went, Justin Pugh. Off the couch. Yes. You <laughs> liked that, didn't you? Shlana? I liked it, yeah. So now he's on the roster, and he came out on Monday, I believe, with T-shirts that just said off the couch, straight oh, off the couch. Smart. Man. Brand yourself. There I you mean, go. this guy. Run with it. He is a cult hero in New York. It's exciting. Uh, Duke, what else is shaking? You guys ready for the big program here? Yeah, we're going to be uh, breaking into a, a new area that we haven't yet over the first, whatever, month and a half of the program. Mm-hmm. Talk a little NBA fantasy with wow. our, our guest today. Um, make sure you guys, Nick Whalen from a okay. Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Channel and RotoWire is going to join us. And uh, this is an area where Connor and I are completely out of our wheelhouse, so we're going to really lean on Nick and hear wow. what he has to say. And uh, NBA preseason's well underway; uh, regular season's right mm-hmm. around the corner, so we'll get some people teed up for that. Well, I've never seen the two of you out of a wheelhouse. Uh, it's my wheelhouse is big, Kevin. Oh, Very man. as we so, as we learned yesterday, mashing buttons, uh, turning computers <laughs> off, and everything. Yesterday, there were some technical problems. And they said, "Duke, easy with the pork sausage fingers over there. You're hitting all the buttons, man." Um, Schlemmer, what do you got cooking for the next week here? Oh, not too much. NAX stuff? Yeah, I, I did that the last couple of days. Um, 
a lot of daddy daycare this weekend. I think the wife's taking a trip to Jasper with oh. the girlfriend. So uh-huh. I'll be hanging out with the kiddos mostly. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for coming in today. And uh, again, we'll uh, see you in uh, Mike Smith next week. Yeah, I'll see if we can get a hold of Smitty. You're a big Smitty fan, eh, Kim? Well, I love Smitty, for sure. Just tell him that uh, KK wanted him on. He'll go, who? Yeah, no, that's what he'll say. Oh, he wouldn't no, say that. No, but it'd be great to have him on. All right. He'd be great, for sure. Uh, thanks to all our guests today. Sean Brown uh, came on at 7.20. He will be with Jason Greger again next Tuesday, I guess. Mark Spector uh, and Craig Button uh, during the 8 o'clock hour. Jordan Hall from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, Brad McNamara and, of course, Aaron Goodwin. Uh, man, that was a great interview uh, talking about uh, his song, uh, Lonely Drum and Coming Up Country Dance and everything like that. And, of course, our uh, Wednesday co-host, David Schlempko. Coming up. On Sports 1440, the former Rochef T-Bird, Connor Halley, and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas with Fantasy Frenzy. At noon to two, the lowdown with low tide. Jason Greger takes us home two o'clock till six with the Jason Greger Show. Thanks so much for listening this morning. We're back bright and early tomorrow at seven with our co-host, Ladislav Schmid. Have a wonderful day. Fantasy Frenzy's up next, but not before this update with the Duke.